Hello and welcome to another Tusk Talks Wrestling Podcast. I am your host Tusk, also known as Adam Chalk. And if you haven't listened to the podcast before, what we do on here is give our honest opinion on the things that we like or dislike from all the goings-ons in professional wrestling from shows like WWE, Raw, SmackDown, NXT, AW, Dynamite, Rampage, as well as pay-per-views. And some indie shows as well. And we also talk about all the latest news headlines doing the rounds. And today is a special day as you lucky people have three episodes dropping in your feeds today. Including a look at Smackdown and AW's Battle of the Belts 3. But Friday night we had the latest episode of AW Rampage. And I think it's fair to say that Rampage needs a bit of a reboot. And I don't know if that's what this was exactly, but it felt like they tried to do something here by having the interim world champion on the show, as well as a mad tag team street fight in the main event, and one of the best wrestlers of the year on here as well. Um, but let's get into it a bit, shall we? as they did start with the AW Interim World Champion John Moxley. He took on uh, Mance Warner. I'm going to be honest and say I don't know that much about Mance Warner, apart from seeing him occasionally in Game Changer Wrestling when I've watched that. But that didn't matter really, because they showed a great video promo from him which got me interested in him straight away. As for the match itself, it starts off hot around ringside. Uh, Moxley suplexes him through a chair on the outside. He then puts him in a figure four leg lock, uh, which the, the announce team did a really good job there, actually, explaining how Mance Warner broke his leg last year. Uh, Warner resorts to thumbs to the eyes to get out of it. They beat the hell out of each other as uh, Mance mirrors Moxley by suplexing him through a chair. He then DDTs him on the steps. Mox does though beat the count back in to the ring, but it seems to be wrestling's favourite spot at the minute. He gets in and just gets booted in the face and Warner works over the leg of the champion. Um, Mance goes to get some chairs but Moxley ends up punching the chair into Mance Warner's face he hits a mad suicide dive and of course this is a John Moxley match so there was blood um, a little bit from John Moxley but mainly from the head of Mance Warner eventually Moxley does the stumps to the face uh, he delivers a pile driver a few more stumps to the face and then chokes him out until Mance Warner just passes out and just throws him to the floor. This was a really good fight, I thought, and Mance Warner gave a really good account of himself. But I'm going to be a bit of a grumpy twat and just ask the question of why there was uh, not a disqualification on about four different occasions within this match. Um... Look, if Mance Warner can only work in this way, which I don't know if 
that is the case. But make it a street fight. Um, and I know we had a street fight in the main event as well. But instead of having both of them on the same show, just separate them a little bit. Um, I don't think it was really booked in the right way. That being said, though, I did enjoy watching it, so it didn't really affect the viewing. It's just those little details that could take something from being good to being great. So AEW do need to work on a little bit. We then see... Uh, QT Marshall and the rest of the factory try to offer Ricky Starks their help. Uh, Starks basically tells them all to piss off and he doesn't need their help. Konoski to Kester then beat the shit out of Ryan Nemeth in a squash match and then beat the shit out of Peter Avalon as well, who was in the corner of Nemeth. Uh, there was a beautiful blue thunder bomb and a massive running knee smash. And that was it, really. Takesta's future is the brightest of any young wrestler out there, in my opinion. And he has to already be in the conversation for wrestler of the year. Uh, but, yeah, he looked great in the short time that he was out there. Lexi Nair then talks to Best Friends and Orange Cassidy. Uh, they talk about entering the trios tournament that's upcoming. And for some reason, Danhausen was there dressed up as a doctor. Uh, I don't really know why. Maybe you'll find out on Dynamite. I don't know. And next up, we got to see the... AEW debut of Madison Rain as she took on Layla Gray. Not sure if she is a baddie or not, Layla Gray, but she did have Stokely Halfway joining her, and him dancing to the ring to Layla Gray's music was one of the best moments of all of this, to be quite honest. Uh, Madison Rain was getting the better of Layla Gray early on until Stokely just started jumping up and down on the steel steps to cause a distraction. Gray then took over a little bit. Uh, there were quite a few moments where there seemed to be a breakdown of communication between the two of them. But credit to Madison Rain, she is a veteran. Um, she seemed to get them back on track. And in the end, she won with the cross rain, which is basically Cody Rhodes' crossroads, but it looked great. Um, unfortunately though Layla Gray is not ready to be on TV yet and I I really don't like the fact that women like Gray and, and others you know people like Shif Marina Shafir and people like that are getting TV time when they're not really ready but you have great performers that are ready to go like Nyla Rose and Chris Statlander and Athena they're not being used on TV. It really annoys me. I know they have been doing bits on Dark, Dark Elevation, whatever they're on. But that's nowhere near the same. I think AEW need to rectify that. Um, maybe they need someone else to come in and work with the women. And maybe that person is Madison Rain. She is a coach now in AEW. 
But time will tell, I guess. Um, after the match, Jade Cargill came out and basically challenged Madison Rain to a match on Dynamite or Quake by the lake, in the lake, whatever it is. Kira Hogan then tries to attack Madison Rain from behind, uh, but she just gets cross-reined as well. I think Wednesday night should be a decent match. Uh, Jay Cargill needs somebody that's going to push her a little bit, I think, now. So looking forward to that one. Then it is time for our main event, and it was Swerve in our glory, Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland, versus Tony Nese and debuting Josh Wood in a Friday night street fight. And this got another hot start. As they uh, all went at it around ringside. Keith Lee delivered a double palm strike to the chest of Josh Wood. Which even I felt. Uh, Tony Nice threw protein powder in the face of Keith Lee. Swerve launched a toolbox at Josh Wood. Um, later Woods did a horrible looking twisting brain buster on the floor. Uh, and sort of hitting the steps at the same time on Swerve. That looked like that sucked to take. Uh, Tony Nice sent Swerve headfirst into a bin. Keith Lee just basically kept getting twonked on the top of his head. Um, there was a lot of teasing around a table that was set up on the outside, but Keith Lee then made a comeback, tossing everyone around. Uh, Smart Mark Sterling, who was in the corner of Nice and Woods, of course, then got himself involved in the match a little bit. Uh, Swerve broke up a pin with a nice 450 splash. Sterling then hit Swerve with a wrench. Not sure where he got that from. He went to the top rope to um, tease Splashing Swerve Strickland through a table. But Keith Lee came up onto the apron and he instead threw Smart Mark Sterling through a table instead. Josh Woods and German suplexes Keith Lee off, a, off the apron through tables on the outside with the help of Tony Nice. But he then gets backdropped onto a pile of chairs and double stomped by Swerve Strickland. And the tag team champions pick up the win. I thought this was a really good fun match. But I'm going to be honest again. I had issues with it. It really didn't need Mark Sterling being involved in much of this. And I kind of hope now that he's been put through a table that he disappears off TV for a bit. Uh, because at this point, in my opinion, I think he's harming everything he's involved in. Um, I think there is a place for him in AEW, but he doesn't need to feature quite as heavily and as much as he does at the minute. But good fun match, like I said. Uh, AEW definitely went for ratings boost here for this Rampage. But it'll be interesting to see when the ratings do come out, whether having the world champion on the show helped at all. Uh, I think that it probably didn't do too much. But this was a decent one-hour show. I do think, however, that AW 
overdoes stepped up matches like these street fights and they're sort of losing their impact each time we see them these types of matches are something that I really enjoy but should feel special and there should be a reason behind them and you should be hyped up for the match to happen but instead we're just getting random ones thrown just thrown together inserted into shows just because Tony Khan seems to feel like it. Wrestling's so much better when there's a rhyme and reason behind everything and the story to why we're in these matches. But I am interested to hear what you thought of the show, and you can tell me by following and getting in touch on Twitter. I am at AdamChalk8 on there. While you're at it, please subscribe and leave us a review to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from for daily podcasts just like this one. Look out for more shows dropping in your feeds later today as well as tomorrow. And until then, thank you for listening and I will see you next time.